welcome to the New Life Fellowship podcast. New Life Fellowship is a community of grace in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Our goal is to teach and share and experience the life of Jesus Christ together. You're about to listen to a message from one of our meetings. Please make sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca. Without further ado, let's listen in. Hello, good morning to you all. It's good to see you. Let's move this up just a tad. Um, and good morning to everyone who's joining us online as well. Uh, my name is Pastor Robin, and so if I haven't had a chance to, to meet you, hopefully we'll get a chance at some point in time today. Uh, well, we're going to have a very interesting morning because I'm going to start it off. Now, I usually tell a story. Well, no, with what? No death, no. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> country music. Well, I, well, it's on the top of country music, confession time. No, I'm just joking. Um, you, you mind if I confess something? Is that okay? All right, listen, listen, I know we're welcoming, understanding people here, but listen, I gotta tell you something from my past that I'm not too proud of, okay? Uh, no, I didn't listen to country music or drink Pepsi. Uh, what, what happened was, is that a friend of mine from high school uh, was a manager at, uh, at a movie theater. And I ended up seeing a movie in the theater without paying. No, this is terrible. I know. You're like, oh my goodness, this is awful. Let me tell you the whole story, okay? <laughs> Kids, I do not condone this, okay? I do not condone this, but this is how it happened. Basically, a friend of mine invited me to, his, to hang out with him, and he's like, come over to the movie theater. Come to the movie theater, and we're going to like just hang out because I'm in between shifts. I'm like, okay, sure. So I thought we were going to hang out for a bit, and then he was going to leave and then go back to his, his shift or whatever. So he comes, and he's like, yeah, yeah, come over. So I came over, and he must have been in the habit of doing this. Honestly, because we came, we were talking, we were chatting, and we were just walking back to the theater. But then we're walking kind of behind where the theaters are, and then he's kind of going upstairs, and we're still talking, and I'm just like walking with him, and then he's like, okay, come here, just take a seat in the booth, let's still hang out. I'm like, okay. So I came in with him, and he has like a secret, he has like a key, he gets in, he's like walks in, and he sits down, and the movie reel starts going, and he's like, and we're just still chatting while the movie's on, and I'm like, Okay, well, this is great. Um, should we be doing this? Like in my mind, I'm like, but I guess he's a manager. He's been given authority to do this. So here I am. I followed him here. We're sitting there watching a movie. Okay, on the scale of big sins, um, let's see here. Where does this one fall? Free go. Which? Free go. <laughs> Listen, either way, he had the authority to do that. Now, I didn't have to go along with him, and I felt a little bit awkward probably saying no at that point. But I went with him all the way there to sit down, and he had the authority to do that because he had a pass key as a manager to let people come in to where he was working and maybe also give some of his friends an opportunity to watch a movie for free. Now, the unfortunate thing is that this authority that he was given, it was unfortunately being used incorrectly on behalf of the movie theater. And this is a real comment about authority because Authority can either be abused or used correctly. And Jesus makes a comment 
in Mark chapter 11 that I think it's worth noting for us to also take a look at very closely. He makes a comment talking to some people who are opposing him. And he says to them, which, where, where, did the authority that, um, where did the authority come from for John the Baptist to do his baptisms? Did they come from heaven or did they come from man? And he was asking them this question because he was aligning himself with John, saying that basically my authority comes from heaven. I have the authority to forgive sins. I have the authority to heal. I have the authority to cast out demons. I have the authority to set people free on the Sabbath. This is where my authority comes from. And Jesus is asking this question because he knows that it exposes something. It exposes something about what we believe about authority. Because if Jesus' authority comes from heaven, then he has absolute authority. And he has the authority to do good and the authority to give life. He's also saying something else that's very important for us to understand. That we as human beings, at times, have the tendency to give permission to another power, to a who or to a what, to have permission and power over our emotions, to have authority over how we think about ourselves, to have the right to rule our will. We have a tendency to do that. So he wants to redirect our thinking back to right authority because he won't abuse that authority. He is good and he is love. So Mark Chapter 11, you want to turn there, we're going to have it on the screen, but it's Mark chapter 11, verses 27 to 33. And Jesus knows this, he knows this, that his credentials are essential for those who believe in him. His credentials are essential for those who believe in him. He has the authority to do good to us, and he has the highest authority. But more than that, there's two points I want to pull out of this passage for us today, is that his credentials are essential to the faithful to bring us freedom. He has the authority to bring us freedom, but he has also the authority to expose unbelief. So let's look at this together. Let's pray first before we jump in. Uh, Jesus, I'm so thankful for your, your, uh, for your grace, you know, um, and that we even have this opportunity now to know more about you. And so it's not about my authority in this moment. It's about the authority of your word. It's about the authority of scripture. It's about how you want to reveal yourself. So I pray that you would reveal yourself through this message. Give us the eyes to see you and ears to hear from you today so that we can experience freedom. I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So let's read together. Mark chapter 11. Verse 27. So I'll, I'll read and you guys can follow along with me, okay? So it says this, Mark, um, he says this in Mark chapter 11, verse 27. says, And they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. And they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? And Jesus said to them, he turns the question on them. He says, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. Okay, 
Let's take a quick look at this. This is the scene. Jesus has shown up. It's Palm Sunday. He's coming on the donkey. They're waving Hosanna to him with the palms, right? He goes into the temple. What does he do when he gets in the temple? There's a bunch of tables. Jesus sees a bunch of tables. People are selling stuff in the temple. What does Jesus do? He buys some doves. No, he doesn't do that. What does Jesus do? He comes and he flips the tables. He's going from table to table. He's flipping them over. He, another, another passage says that he, he makes a cords. He makes cords and he likes whipping stuff around and he's knocking things over. Jesus is furious. Now you can wonder why they might ask you, where did you get the authority to do these things? Right? He's in the temple turning things over, knocking things down, and he's getting upset about this. And so this is everything that's preceding this passage right here. What Jesus is doing is that he's deliberately going after those who have false authority amongst the people. And this is the group that now shows up to challenge Jesus. So here's the group. We have the scribes, the elders, and the chief priests. Now they show you these three because these three are part of the Sanhedrin. And these guys are like the top dogs. After them, it's Herod. So when Jesus has done this, Jesus has publicly exposed them. Let's talk about why Jesus has publicly exposed these guys. That part of the temple where all that stuff was, was actually a place that God had actually designed for the Gentiles, those who did not know Jesus, to actually come into the temple and worship, and maybe actually come to know Yahweh, come to know God. Who are Gentiles? Us. This was an opportunity set up through the Old Testament, through the Old Covenant, that God had wanted to open the door for people to know God, those who did not know him. And here were the chief priests, those who were supposed to advocate for God, those who had real authority. We're talking about experts in the law who should have known better. And they abused their power. They abused their authority by setting up a place for um, doves and lambs and stuff like that to be sold. Why is that happening? Because people need to buy them to sacrifice so that they can worship God. And so they were sending it all up where the Gentiles were, were supposed to be. And so it was preventing the Gentiles from worshiping. So if a Gentile wanted to come in and meet with God, they couldn't meet with God in the temple. They couldn't meet, they couldn't go to church. They wouldn't have a place here. There would be no seats for them because People were selling stuff in there. You can see why Jesus is upset. Second part about this is that they're selling stuff at an exorbitant price, right? They're, it's basically buying like a hot dog at a Jays game, right? It's like, yeah, you could have bought a hot dog anywhere else. Yeah, you just spent eight bucks on a hot dog, and the hot dogs at Costco are probably better, right? And that's a strong statement. Okay, so, <laughs> right? Exorbitant prices, they were actually making money off people who wanted to worship. And not just making money, but making a profit. They were abusing their authority. Jesus comes in, our Jesus comes in, knocks over the tables, makes whips. He has every reason to be upset, turns them over. 
They come to Jesus and they're like, okay, this is it, guys. We're going to get this guy. He thinks he's tough. We're going to get him. We're going to get everyone together. Elders, scribes, experts in the law, let's do this. We're going to find that Jesus. We're going to expose him. Guess where this is happening now? This is afterwards. Jesus is back in the temple. So they're like, great. We're going to get him right where he got us. What gave you the authority to do this? Who dare? Who do you think you are? How dare you? Do this. Jesus responds to them with a question. And Jesus says, I'll ask you a question. Answer me. I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Really strong statement again. Right? Because John the Baptist, they knew very well. And Jesus had said, John is like Elijah, welcoming in the Messiah. And people loved John, and they thought he was a prophet. And people saw him as being someone who had authority from heaven. So what are they going to do now? Jesus is saying, well, answer this question. Are you going to align yourself with, with John and with me as, and saying that I have authority from heaven? Or are you going to say that it's not? And the unfortunate thing here is that these guys know Jesus' position. They know what he's about because he hasn't been silent about it. John chapter 12, verse 49, Jesus is saying this. He's saying, for I have not spoken on my own, and there's that word again, authority. I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. So Jesus has been given authority. That's his credentials. God the Father has given me this authority. Yahweh has given me this authority. And not only that, but Jesus says too, he says the Father, sorry, John says this about Jesus, says the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Jesus goes as far as to say in Matthew 28 that I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He has all authority. He hasn't been quiet about this. They know where he claims his authority comes from. These aren't guys who are asking questions to find out more about Jesus. They know what he's about. They just want to get him. They just want to make a fool of him. They want to shame him. So Jesus says, okay, I'll play your game. Let me flip it on you. Is it from heaven or is it from man? These guys have false authority. These, these scribes, they don't have the true authority to do right by people. They're actually abusing their authority. And more so, we find out that their authority is so weak that they're just afraid of people. They can't even do the right thing. They're just doing whatever, whatever, is going to do, whatever they can do to keep themselves safe. Listen, I want to propose something to you. I want to propose something to you. That we read that passage about Jesus knocking things out of the temple. We read the passage about, uh, about Jesus turning over those tables and, and, and knocking and, and showing, uh, showing that the false authorities are false authorities. And we read it and we say it's about then. But I want to propose something to you. That that event is as true then as it is now. That in the same way that Jesus had authority from heaven to clean out the noise and the distractions of the false authorities... In the old temple, he has the same authority to do that in the new temple. And what's the new temple? Us. I want to ask you a question. Can you acknowledge 
right now in your own mind, in your own life, anything, a who or a what, has the right to rule, has the right to rule your emotions. Can you think right now of a who or a what has the permission to have power over how you think about yourself? I want you to think about this right now. Can you acknowledge a who or a what in your life right now that has, that, that you have given the authority to control your will? I can think of several things. We all struggle with this. Yes, we are united with Christ. Yes, we're in union with him. But we struggle in this area because here's a truth that we all know, that whatever has the authority or the right to rule your mind or your emotions has the power of life and death over you. I want to say that again. Whatever has the authority in your life to speak into your life, the who or what has the power of life and death over you. It could lead you to experience life or it could lead you to experience death. As a little boy, I've told this story before. As a little boy, I remember I was going through a really stressful time. I was with a caregiver, and uh, it was my, my cousin and I were, were being babysat, and I was very, very angry about something. And I remember that I actually was fighting with my cousin, and I pushed him down. And I said something that I shouldn't have said, and it was very rude. I remember the babysitter looked at me. The babysitter didn't say something. She didn't say any words, but the look told me something about myself. It told me that I was a bad boy. That phrase has authority in my life to this day. It's a phrase that has had power over how I've thought about myself. To the point that even as an adult, still today, I find myself running away from that phrase. Anything that reminds me of how bad I am or how, how, how terrible of a person I am, anytime, anything that does that, I'm running away from it. I'm doing everything I can to outperform that phrase. Better be a good sermon today, Robin. Don't want anyone to think you're a bad boy. Better be a good worship set today, Robin, because you don't want anyone to think you're a bad boy. Better, be, better look like a pretty impressive dad in front of everyone else, because you don't want anyone to think you're a bad boy. I'm being very frank with you. I'm being very vulnerable with you. But I'm hoping you're tracking with me, because if you have these conversations, let me tell you something. If you have these same conversations that I've had, let me tell you something. There is someone here today who has the authority to cast out every false authority in your life. Amen. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. He has been given the authority from heaven, not from man. It's not an illegitimate authority. No one made it up. No one just typed it, typed it into Wikipedia and said it was real. He has real authority to give you freedom. He has real authority to set you free from lies that have been spoken over you for years. 
He has real authority to set you free from things that your parents did or did not do. Jesus has real authority to redeem the things that your spouses did to you. Jesus has real authority today to redeem you from times when you were harassed and bullied as a child. And the things that those things meant to you and the things that you, how, they, how they imprinted upon your mind and formed how you thought about yourself. He has the authority to cast out those false authorities. Why I say this? Very simply, the gospel, right? Jesus was qualified to set us free. He was qualified to go to the cross because he lived a perfect life. And so he died. He died and he, he died as sin. He became sin on your behalf. Every sin that you've ever committed before and every sin you will commit in the future, he became that. And then he died on the cross. But guess what? He didn't just die. You also died. Your old nature, your old spirit that was not connected to God, that could never please God, that also died with Jesus. Boom. Dig it up. Open the coffin, put it in, close it, put the dirt back on, do, 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 gone. It died. But since that died, you had to have a new spirit, right? So Romans 6 said that as he was raised to new life, you were also raised to new life. Nice name for a church. And also, <laughs> right? You have been given a new nature now. So now you have a new spirit that wants to please God, that wants to serve God, that's going to serve in the newness of the spirit, that is connected to God, and now you are in union with him. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then John 8, he says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you see how the gospel was an opportunity for you to know Jesus so that the truth would set you free. He came to set you free and he has the authority to do so. And you're saying, Robin, great Christian words. Thank you for that illustration. I really appreciate that. How does that change anything in my life at this moment? Okay, well, let's continue. Let's talk about that, okay? Because as much as he did that, we have to now give him the authority to do that work. And something that gets in the way of that is something called unbelief. And so we're going to look at that together, okay? Because Jesus' credentials are essential to the faithful, because if we are willing, it's going to expose unbelief and lead us into more freedom. So let's keep reading, okay? We only have two more verses. So it's Mark chapter 11, verses 31 to 33, okay? Let's look at that together. Now, this is, this is the Sanhedrin now. And they discussed it with one another, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? See, they were afraid of the people, for they all held, and this is the people, the people all held that John really was a prophet. So Jesus answered them, so, so they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, well, guess what? Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. You see, they, they didn't actually believe 
They didn't actually come to ask questions so that they could get to know Jesus better. They had already come to the conclusion about how wrong Jesus was, and they just wanted to expose him. And they're asking these questions to find out if they can expose the fact that his authority actually comes from people. And that was an old Jewish practice. It was an old rabbinic interpretation practice to say, okay, if you're going to expound on the current Torah law, then you have to have listed a bunch of authorities that gave you the right to do that. And so they're trying to, so if Jesus answers that question by which person gave him the authority to do it, well, then they could say, they could disqualify him or say, well, so-and-so wouldn't do that, or they say it's from man. But these cowards, absolute cowards, we're going to see that very closely. These guys are coming to Jesus, and Jesus puts them on the spot, and he asks them the question. There's only two things. It's only from heaven or from man. Answer that question. And they get stuck because they're like, well, if we say heaven, then he'll say, why didn't we believe him? But if we say it was from man, all the people are going to get mad at us, and then they're not going to like us anymore, and then they're going to revolt. So what do they do? They lie, because the truth is that they do know. They know what Jesus is about. They know where his authority comes from. He's already told them. So they lie. Uh, We don't know Jesus. We have no idea. It's terrible. Absolute cowards in this sense. But this is a demonstration of the enemies of God. The enemies of God, even like 1 John says, they love the world and they fear people. Always afraid of what people think. Listen, guys, let's not even joke around about this. I mean, sometimes that's a struggle for any one of us. We could struggle with standing up for our faith or maybe stepping out boldly as God leads us to do something because we're afraid of what other people think. And this is, can, and, and in this way, and in this, and in this way, we're exp- if this happens, it exposes an area maybe of unbelief for us where we maybe do not trust God enough or we're too afraid to step up boldly in our faith because we fear what people think more than what God thinks. I'm not going to speak on everyone's behalf in this case. And we know that this happens here and there. But the truth is, is that unbelief will prevent us from experiencing freedom and keep us from being who we really are. And we get to discover who we really are as we align ourselves with the truth. Because that's what Jesus said he was. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If I align myself with truth, if I align myself with Jesus, which is my true identity, then am I being who I really am? Well, yes, because I'm aligning myself with truth. If in my mind I'm aligning aligning myself with a lie, am I being who I really am? No, No, I'm not being who I was created to be. used to work selling shoes. Who here likes shoes? I guess you have to. Or sandals or whatever. I used to sell shoes. So I used to sell shoes full time. And the reps for certain shoe brands would come in and they would tell us how to sell their shoes. And this one rep came in and he showed me how to sell this particular brand of shoe. And I listened to him and I'm like, this is pretty crafty. And I'm like, okay, well, I I guess I could sort of practice that. 
Um, so I tried once or twice, it didn't work. And I thought, well, I'll just try a third time. So I tried a third time, and it worked. And the person bought the shoe. And I was like, I'm gonna try it again. And I did it again, and I sold the shoe again. And I did it again, and I kept selling it. And actually, I sold that one particular shoe so much that that one brand actually gave me a, bit, like a, like a little bit of a bonus for the amount of commission I was making off selling that particular shoe. And what happened was I just aligned myself with what that guy taught, and I was able to do it, even if that shoe wasn't actually like the best shoe for people, I just knew how to sell it. And so I just kept doing it over and over and over again. And I became their little disciple in that sense. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I do see that shoe on people and I'm just like, hmm, all right, all right. And that's such a simple way, such a simple way of explaining this that there is something that we're all called to. We're all called to be children of God. You're all called to be children of God, first and foremost. Not like children, become children of God. And so if we align ourselves under truth, if we accept the truth of who we are, what's gonna happen is you're gonna come into the fullness of who you've been created to be. You can step out in the freedom to which you were called, to do what he has called you to do, why? Because your confidence isn't in your ability anymore. But your confidence is in him and that you've aligned yourself with the truth. However, if you were to do the opposite, then what's going to happen? You're going to experience what a lie does, which is just going to experience death. If you align yourself with the belief system that I am bad. I'm a bad boy, I'm a bad girl. What's going to happen? You're gonna to start to act on that. You're gonna look for opportunities to either outperform or overperform because you're trying to hide and stressing yourself out based on that fact, wearing yourself out, sweating, um, and stress out on how much you, you have to do so you can outrun that. Or you'll say, I'm not even going to try to outrun that. I'm just going to become, because trying to outrun it is too hard. So why don't I just accept that? That's easier. What's gonna happen? Well, you'll act poorly, you'll act badly, and you'll do things that'll harm yourself. You treat yourself in a shameful way. And, and unfortunately, when that happens, when we treat ourselves poorly, we treat other people poorly as well. See, if we accept Jesus' authority, we accept his authority to do good for us. He has authority from heaven. He has the credentials that are essential to you as a believer, they're essential to the faithful. Why is that? Because he has, the free, he has the power and the authority to bring you freedom. But not only that, he has the power and authority to expose lies that prevent you from receiving and living in that freedom. And all of this is important because that's what we want. I don't think anybody here signed up for the Christian living to not experience freedom. Or maybe you signed up for Christian living because you've, you're still running away from a bad about authority, a false authority in your mind. And let me tell you something, you're not experiencing freedom. Today can be the day where any one of us, even though we've made a choice to choose Jesus, any one of us at any point in time can experience the freedom of knowing his true authority, coming under what he's called you to be, to 
allow him to expose things that you have believed that are not true, that have authority over your thinking, that have authority over your bank account, that have authority over how you raise your children, that have authority about, over how you treat your spouse, that have authority over how you do your schoolwork at school, and experience freedom from that so that Jesus can express himself through your true identity as a child of God to reveal his goodness to others. In closing, you know, I came to faith at seven. My mom uh, prayed. Uh, my mom came to faith, and she, she invited me to, to, to pray that, that prayer, the sinner's prayer. And at that moment, I became a believer. Uh, but I didn't really experience the freedom of what it meant to be that, because I, I couldn't really understand it. Um, about uh, 17, 10 years later, I went to a youth retreat. And at that youth retreat, I was in a pretty low spot. And I knew about Jesus, and I was still a believer, but there was something more I didn't, I hadn't received it yet. And so people were worshiping and stuff, and I asked God, I said, God, reveal yourself, make yourself real to me. And he did. And I experienced freedom in a new way. But unfortunately, I'm still growing in this. I still was very performance mindset, it's mindset, so I was still kind of trying to perform the Christian life. I was trying to do all these Christian things. I'm still running that phrase, you know, you're bad. So now I'm doing all this Christian stuff, and I'm like, yeah, let's look, 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 look how Christian I am, and people are praising me for it, but inside I still feel this grief. And this expression of Christian life is not coming from a heart that's free. It's coming from a heart that is overwhelmed with fear of being found out. So the Christian life is stress and agony and failure and trying to make up for it and failure and trying to make up for it and failure trying to make up for it and just feeling worse and worse and worse. I'm in Bible college now, okay? Bible college, I'm about 24 or so. And I'm sitting in a service, a chapel service. Someone comes up and they preach about Galatians 2.20 and they preach about how Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. And in that moment, I heard that verse before, let me tell you. But in that moment, the veil came off. I was like, oh my goodness. I was try- I'm stressing out trying to do the Christian life. Jesus wants to do the Christian life through me. I experienced freedom again. Man, I was alive. I, I mean, I was talking to people about it. Bible class. I was like, did you hear what this man preached? They're like, they're like, yeah, I've heard it before. I'm like, no, 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 no. But did you hear what he said? because it gave me freedom. Yes, we're united with Christ. Yes, we could experience what it is to be alive in him and to be in union with him. Was I a believer when I was seven? Yeah. Was I going to heaven then? Yeah. But was I experiencing the freedom that he purchased for me? Not yet. And let me tell you, I'm still on that journey. I could tell you multiple stories, but even now as a pastor, I'm experiencing the freedom of God more and more and more. And he wants to lead each and every one of us deeper into that experience. But you know why? Because he has the authority to do so. He has the authority to go into the temple of your life and knock out all of the tables, all the merchant tables, everything that the false authorities set up to distract you away from the freedom that Christ purchased for you. He wants you to have the fullness of it. But guess what, guys? We have to let him. That's the tough part. 
we have to let him. I had a hard time with this passage because I felt like, Jesus, how can I convince people? Do I have to go to the Bible? Do I have to like, find multiple passages to convince people to trust you right now in this moment, that you have the authority to do good to them, that you have the authority to set them free? Jesus, show me all the passages about how much authority you have so I could do it. You know, Jesus stopped me. And he said, you know, the scribes and the elders and the experts in the law, they knew about me but they couldn't see me. They knew all about him. They knew the Torah. Jesus even said, even on the road to Emmaus, he says, the scriptures, the Old Testament has been revealing me all this time. Jesus had to open their eyes to the scriptures. Listen, guys, it's not enough. I'm inviting you this morning to risk. I'm inviting you this morning to faith. Is there an area in your life, when we asked that question before, has, is there an authority that you've given permission in your life to rule over your thoughts and emotions and will? That you need to surrender over to Jesus. I'm inviting you to risk it, to take that step, call it out what it is, and say, Jesus, I give this one to you. This identity statement about me that is not true, that I know is not true, I speak it out loud. I said, Jesus, this is what it is. I'm a shameful, no good person who deserves to be rejected. Say it out loud. Say, Jesus, this is what I believed about myself. This is what I believe about myself. Please, Jesus, reveal to me the truth about who I am. I'm inviting you to risk so that he could cast out those old false authorities so that you could experience freedom today. Let's pray. You value choice, Jesus. You invite us to choose. Yeah, we might have chosen you when we um, came to faith, but you want us to choose freedom today. And you have the authority to do good to us, and you're trustworthy. And that's what you came to do. You came to bring freedom. So we choose freedom today, I pray. I pray that right now for anybody who's struggling with this, that you would help them to sense that your yoke is light, and that uh, you can be trusted in whatever ways that, um, that we've believed things, either about ourselves or about you or about the world that aren't true in any areas of unbelief. I pray that you expose them with your gentleness, Holy Spirit, that we can gently and boldly come to you to receive mercy and grace. I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the New Life Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more great content, please be sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca, and sign up for our mailing list. Subscribers will receive our The Life in the Apartment ebook that is sure to encourage and bless. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the latest services and additional video content. New Life Fellowship is a registered charity that is supported by the giving of partners and friends. All donations will be received. If you would like to donate, donate at newlifekw.ca. Your giving is highly valued and appreciated. You are loved. Take care.